Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Gravity is working against me. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's what I want to talk about, that invisible force of gravity that John Mayer's singing about here. How can you harness that force in art, in sports, in surgery? And with the rain this week, you realize you got to use gutters to get that water where you want it to be, off the roof. It's fascinating to me. And it was a subject that I used to talk a lot about with my dad, the carpenter. As a little kid, I remember carrying 80-pound sacks. He taught me how to throw them over my shoulder. I never went to the gym. We couldn't afford to go to a gym. My whole life, I never remember the word vacation. Never took a vacation. Worked hard, but he loved his work. And he taught me how to swing an 80-pound pack of shingles up a ladder, up to the roof. Now they have these conveyor belts. Not in the old days. And in the old days, you had a belt, a tool belt, and you're a hammer. Hung off the side like a pistol in a holster. 80-pound sack of shingles climbing up that roof. My dad was strong, country strong. But I learned all about roof and how to shingle those roofs and fit them, layer them. But he loved gutters and leaders and used to be amazed at the perfection of getting the slope just right so that invisible force of gravity worked properly. It It was a great topic for me to think about all week. And I thought about it in sports. Who, who's lining up gravity? Well, when Ben Crenshaw or any golfer, and many of you listening are golfers, trust me, that ball of yours is going to roll for all kinds of reasons. How hard do you hit it? Your backswing. What's going on, L.A.? The it's grain of the right. grass. There's a lot of things, the firmness. But in the end, you're dealing with gravity. So listen to Ben Crenshaw, the greatest putter in my lifetime. Talk about how he's used. He's not going to say the word gravity. I'm telling you the word gravity, but listen to the science in his head that all goes into using that invisible force. Reading greens is not the easiest thing to do. Even a Seve Ballesteros will occasionally misread a putt. But even if you only play on weekends, you can develop the basic skills for reading putts. Study the green carefully. Determine your speed first, because that in turn determines your line. My pro-am partners will often ask, Ben, how much is this putt going to break? And my response is always, how hard are you going to hit it? So when lining up your putts, always think speed first. Yeah, but the speed makes a difference, Ben Crenshaw, of how hard you hit it. But how firm is the green? What's the grain of the grass? This is just, listen to him talk about these things. He's not going to use the word gravity, but believe me, that's the elephant that's in the room. First and foremost, always be alert. When walking up to the green, take note of your surroundings. If there's a body of water nearby, your putt will generally break towards the water. If the green is elevated, it will generally drain well, making it firm and fast. 
If the green is set in a depression, the reverse is true. If you play on Bermuda greens, you must determine which way the grain is running. Going with the grain, your putt is likely to be faster than it is when you're putting against it. Now, grass is like a tree. When the sun is shining, you get a shadow. So behind the tree is that dark shadow. The sun shining on the tree, you'll see the reflection of the sun on a tree. Well, that's what he's going to talk to you about right now, about grass. How do you tell which way the grass is bent, the grain of the grass? How can you tell which way the grain is running? Well, if the grass between your ball and the hole is shiny, you're probably putting with the grain. If the grass is dark, you're probably putting against it. As you walk around the grain, you can feel the firmness of the surface with your spikes. And this should tell you a lot about the speed of the putt. You believe this? He's telling you, when you walk on the green, feel the bottom of your feet. That will tell you the firmness. I was in the operating room yesterday, and I'm teaching, and I'm teaching the young surgeon. I could tell already in this knee replacement how taut this person's ligaments are. Forget about the arthritis that I'm taking care of by using the scalpel and feeling the skin, the epidermis, and the dermis. I'm already getting a clue. If you're paying attention, remember what Dr. Ranawa taught me, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. You pay attention, and I know how stiff this person's ligaments are going to be, which will make the difference between a good surgery and a great surgery outcome. Ben Crenshaw is telling you, pay attention to how your feet feel the firmness of the grass, living in the moment, being aware of your surroundings. This is why I bless every day I'm a surfer. Because you learn your surroundings when you surf. And pay attention to your playing partners. Now study your own putt from in front and from behind. Your job is to accurately determine the slope of the green and how it will affect your putt. So get down and low. You'll get a much clearer picture of the slope if you look at it from a variety of angles. And I always play the high side. That is to make sure I play enough break. As I stand over the putt, I try to visualize the entire path the ball will take from the time it leaves my putter until it drops into the hole. Two words he used there, break and slope. That equals gravity, that invisible force that responds to break and slope. Same thing Vince is going to tell us about how to put a gutter on a roof, the same way those Romans thousands of years ago built those aqueducts. Now I find that most golfers are too line conscious and they think of the line as a quarter inch track from the ball to the hole. But don't forget that your ball can fall in from anywhere around the cut. So your line isn't a line at all. It's a lane that's as wide as the cut. If you get your ball rolling down that lane at the right speed, you're going to make some putts. It's a lane, not a line. I versus A. And that is what a gutter is. The gutter is a channel. Can you imagine how much easier it is to putt a golf ball accurately if I now tell you it's wider than you think, the lane, not the line? That's what's awesome about what you can tell your brain, what Kobe Bryant used to tell his brain, that two basketballs could fit into the bucket. It's true. Dave Miller taught me that. Us amateurs, weekend warriors, we think the basketball just fits in the hoop with one that actually, God bless Dave Miller, nope. Clapper, two basketballs can actually, if you know that, mentally, it becomes easier to shoot that basket. How hard should you hit your putts? On fast greens like those here at Tucson National, I want to hit the ball just hard enough that it dies into the cut. 
On slower greens, I can afford to be a lot more aggressive. So I'll hit the ball with sufficient speed for it to roll a few inches past the cup. Finally, don't be afraid to trust your own judgment. Indecision results in missed putts. After you've made up your mind, give it your best stroke and don't look back. Now I just want you to hear what it's like on the other end. Who actually is designing the course? Not just playing on it, how they're thinking about gravity. This is from the USGA. From T to green, science, technology, engineering, and math will always factor into course setup at the U.S. Open Championships to assure the course presents a complete and fair test for the world's best golfer. So listen to some of the science behind how they build these putting greens. A firm golf course requires players to contemplate what the golf ball will do when it lands. This is especially true with firm putting greens which are less receptive to approach shots and make putting more of a challenge because of their speed. To measure the firmness of a putting green, agronomists and golf course superintendents use a device developed by the USGA called the True Firm. Listen to this. It's essentially an instrumented hammer. We drop a hammer from a set height every time, and when it hits the turf, it does so with the momentum and energy that are approximately like a golf ball. The sensors on the hammer measure how much the turf is indented. For example, a very firm green might leave an indentation of two-tenths of an inch, while a softer green might be three-fourths of an inch. This data lets the golf course superintendent know if more or less irrigation is needed on the plane surface. What makes it firm is water, whether they use pebbles underneath, hard dirt, sand. This is all that goes into what makes it firm. In addition to firmness, the USGA closely monitors the speed of the putting greens using a device called the stint meter. It allows the ball to be released onto the turf at a fixed speed. The farther the ball rolls, the less friction the turf has and the faster the green speed is. At U.S. Open Championships, some greens are so fast that the ball rolls up to 13 or 14 feet. Tiger Woods at Stanford when he was in college used to practice putting on the gymnasium floor because that's how fast these putting greens are on some of these courses. Flags marking the potential hole locations are placed in the green and then a digital level is used to measure the percentage of slope or angle of incline of each location. Both the speed and slope of the green are taken into account on each hole. The green should be challenging but fair, so the USGA tests the green's characteristics to ensure a slope is not too severe for a given speed. The slower the green, you could have a little bit more percentage slope. If we're in the 13 and a half feet in green speed, at the U.S. Open level, we can be in the 3% range on a percentage slope. So the same green, depending on the time of day, the weather conditions, can actually change how the golfers do on that course. That's how much this invisible force of gravity plays a role in golf. Hole locations combined with distance and a number of other factors will decide how difficult a given hole will play. During the 2013 U.S. Open, the par 3 ninth hole at Marion had an average score of 3.2 in the first round and was ranked the 10th most difficult hole on the course. Uh -huh. During the second round with a new hole location, the ninth hole's average score increased to 3.6 and ranked as the second most difficult hole on the course. It just changed where the cup was, which meant the slope of the green was now different, harder, and the scores went up because those golfers did not do what Ben Crenshaw did, which was try to figure out slope 
break. That's gravity. That's that invisible force of what happens to the golf ball once you hit it. It's fascinating in art, in sports, in surgery. It's time to take your calls. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. 